0: Hey everybody, this is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market. And I got a good show for you guys today. We're going to be talking about this email that this certain someone sent in to me. I'm not going to use his real name. Instead, I'm going to give him the good old Florida name because he is from Florida. His name's going to be Boone. That's right, Boone. That's a good, solid Florida redneck name. That's what the name I'm going to be using in this particular podcast episode. So Boone here has a huge issue with getting into trades creates the stop losses. He's trying to be disciplined. He's not going after like Nikola or or some of these crazy like Kodak or Hertz bankrupt stocks. He's going and trying to be as disciplined as possible. The problem is, is he's not seeing profits come from it. And that's, that's a, a problem that can affect a lot of traders here. And I don't want it to affect you guys. So I'm going to address that today. And he has a really good, concise email about why this is such a problem for him. Essentially, it's this. He creates a watch list, he gets into his trades, and then he sees all the stocks that he did not get into from his watch, like break out to new all-time highs or just like YOLO their life away. He also places stop losses to keep the risk tight, and then it just goes right through the stop loss, takes them out, and then goes right back up to all-time highs. And I know these things. I've experienced these things. I know that they're frustrating. And they are part of trading to a certain degree, but we're going to talk about what we can do to mitigate some of these problems in this episode here. And first off, before I forget, make sure you go to swingtradingthestockmarket.com. You're going to get all of my market information every day. That's going to include the charts that I find the most exciting, the most riveting, my personal watch list, both bullish and bearish, as well as updates on a weekly basis on the Fang stocks. That's Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google, Microsoft, and Tesla. Also, you're going to get updates throughout the week on the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, and the Russell 2000 showing you where the markets are. So make sure to go to swingtradingthestockmarket.com to sign up for that. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about what my choice of drink is today. It's not a bourbon. It's not a Canadian whiskey. It's not an Irish whiskey. It is moonshine straight out of the Smoky Mountains. This is Old Smoky Moonshine. I'm going to drink it straight out of the mason jar because I feel like that's what you would do if you were in Tennessee. You'd drink it out of the mason jar. You wouldn't pour yourself a bougie glass with a nice ice cube in it. No, you just drink it straight out of the mason jar because that's what people in Tennessee and Kentucky probably do, right? And no, I'm not being biased towards people in Tennessee because I have a sister that lives in Tennessee. Nonetheless, I'm drinking straight out of this mason jar. Woo! It's pretty good. It's not as harsh as I thought it was going to be. And by the way, This is Old Smoky Moonshine. It's a blackberry flavor. And the blackberry flavor is very pronounced. In fact, it tastes like a liquefied version of jelly. In fact, I would probably make myself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, leave the jelly off of the sandwich, and pour this all over it. Maybe I just use it as a dipping sauce. I don't know. But let me just tell you, this has got a strong blackberry flavor. And it totally tastes like jelly. You know what it honestly tastes like? If I went to Cracker Barrel, and I asked them, "Hey, can I have some like one of those like jams for for my bread, for my cornbread, or for now you don't put jam on a cornbread, for like the toast, like the wheat toast or the white toast?" And they bring it back to your table and they give you these jams. It's kind of like that. I feel like I'm opening up one of these little condiments and I'm like slurping out the jelly. That's kind of what it is. It's not bad. It's uh, it's twenty percent alcohol and forty proof. Now I now I just now I feel insulted. Quite honestly, the score went way down. You're gonna give me moonshine. That's twenty percent alcohol and it's forty proof. I mean, I like to speak to the manager on this. Quite honestly, that is that is bogus, man. Forty proof. Anyways, I'm giving it a three eight. Don't don't be coming in here with twenty percent whiskey. Don't even call it whiskey if it's twenty percent. Come on, guys. I'm done with it. I took it. I took it like a shot. I'm done with it. I don't even want to. I don't even want it in my presence anymore. I was kind of excited about it. Didn't read the label. Started drinking it. Made the biggest mistake. I should have known up front that it was only 40 proof. That was a rookie mistake. I'm still going to give it a three eight. I wouldn't touch that stuff with a 10-foot pole. But you want to know what it's not as bad as? The corkscrew peanut butter whiskey. That stuff, that stuff belongs in an asylum locked away for life. Nonetheless, let's get back to Boone and what he has to say. Good afternoon, Ryan. My name is Boone. But being that I'm from Florida, I would like for you to think of a crazy Florida name for me. Well, you're in luck because I already gave you a crazy Florida name. He says, I love the podcast. I've been watching and re-watching them, and I'm picking out something new each time I hear them. That's great. Keep doing it, man. Nevertheless, I have been getting extremely frustrated with the market. Hey, markets are going to frustrate us, man. You're never going to get through this market in life without getting frustrated on a somewhat of a semi-regular basis. More so with how I am playing the market, not the market itself. I feel like I can't win, and we've all been there, buddy. If I'm looking at five setups that I like, the one I enter will smash through support while the others reach all-time highs. I practice hard stop losses on every trade. However, it's incredibly frustrating to stop out repeatedly each week for 3 to 10% losses while hardly ever making gains. I will enter the position when it moves above the EMA lines, usually when it's recovering off of a support level. I will set my stop losses usually 2% under the support level and will increase them as it increases resistance. I'm not sure what he means by increases resistance, but we'll try to tackle that here in a second. Clearly, this is not working for me. My question can be broken down into two parts. All right, let's get down to the nitty-gritty here. He says, where do you set stop losses and how do you come to that conclusion? Good question. Number two, where do you know where to take profits? Usually what happens is that it will rise a few percent only to fall back on my original stop loss. To combat this, I will look for the first opportunity to raise my stop loss to secure a profit if it pulls back only to stop out, then the stock takes off again. I'm not trading crazy stocks like Nikola or Hertz. I'm part of your Patreon. I really like your trading style, and I will not try to get rich quick or be greedy, which is why I appreciate your real no BS approach to trading. Thank you for putting out tons of information for us. Best regards, Boom. So this was a good email. It tackles a lot of real concerns that a lot of people have. And, I, and this isn't the first time I've seen these kinds of questions come my way because oftentimes when you try to keep the risk tight, when you try to manage the risk in a way that keeps the loss a small, you're going to get stopped out of trades. Sometimes when you don't want to be stopped out and it's going to happen a lot of times when the market has these huge washout moments. So like, let's say like the market's gone up for like 10 days in a row or like eight out of 10 days in a row. Right. And you're making gains after gains, after gains, day after day, after day. day. And then all of a sudden you have this like hundred point drop on the S and P 500 and it just takes out a huge chunk of your gains. And that's That's real, right? And especially if you've taken like new positions in the last couple of days, it takes out those positions for a loss. It's frustrating. It's a really frustrating thing. So one of the things for me when I'm setting a stop loss, I don't just place it below the previous day's candle and say, oh, if it breaks the previous day's candle, I'm going to get out. What I'm really looking for is multiple support levels, because if you can make it to where it has to break multiple support levels, that's going to go a long ways in telling you, okay, something's definitely wrong in this stock. I want to go ahead and get out. So if I have like a trend line that's been going on for like a long time and it's bouncing off of that trend line, and then let's say that you have a price level support level just below that trend line, you have two support levels there. Maybe there's a couple moving averages there that it's been pinging off of as well. And so then you can make it like three support levels. What I want to do then is put my stop loss below all three of those support levels, knowing that it has to break all three of these support levels in order to really take me out of the stock. The more support levels, the better. Now, I'm not saying that you can't make a trade off of like a trend line or off of a price level support level. You can do that. But in order to do that, like if you're going to play a bounce off of a trend line, you need to at least make sure at first that it's going to make a valid attempt to hold that trend line. If you're seeing a day where the market's down like 100 points and everything's just crashing through the floor, what you don't want to do is buy it just because it's testing that trend line. No, let, let it... Let it probably go through that trend line and see if it can come back and hold that support by the end of the day. And if it does, maybe that's your sign to get in. But you can't always just blindly buy a trade setup just because it looks good on that chart at that particular moment of time. That's why I always talk about a top-down trading strategy where you take into account not only the current situation with that particular stock, but you're also giving consideration to the S&P 500. You're giving consideration to the sector that's trading in, the industry that it's trading in. And then finally, you're looking for the best setups within that industry. And if that particular trade setup works. So Boone here talks about how he has like five or six trade setups. And then the one that he gets into is the one that usually works against his favor. So the first question I'd be asking him is, is, hey, are you looking to make sure that the industries and sectors that you're trading are the best ones in the market right now? Because you can have a good setup in energy right now. And energy sucks. Energy isn't going anywhere of late. The markets rallied off of the March lows here in 2020, but energy really hasn't rallied with it. It's been pretty much stagnant for like a half a year now. But take technology, for instance. Technology is just going through the roof. So, you got to know which sectors are rallying. You got to know which industries within that sector is rallying. Tech's rallying, but maybe software isn't rallying while semiconductors is rallying. And you got to make sure that you know those things because when you are trading from a top down trading strategy, you're trying to eliminate as many barriers to success in your trades as possible by going from the very top, making sure that the market is bullish or trading in the direction that you want to trade in. If it's not, if the market's bearish, there's no reason to get long on the market. You want to start slowing down on how many trade setups you're taking. But when the market starts getting bullish, yeah, that's a great time to start adding new long positions to the portfolio. So to answer the first question and to summarize it, one, make sure you're using the top-down trading strategy. Make sure you're taking out as many barriers to success you your trading as possible. Number two, you want to make sure that when you're placing your stop loss, you're not just like using a trailing stop loss. A lot of people use it. It's kind of like a lazy form of trading. You use a stop loss that just keeps raising it up. People like those things. They're a huge detriment, really, in my opinion, because you're not really necessarily placing the stop loss below a key support level. So you can get stopped out and it not really even mean anything that you're getting stopped out. When I get stopped out, I want it to mean something. I want it to be below a key support level so that when multiple support levels are broken, I know that there's something technically changing on that chart. So that wraps up the first question that he has. Number two, where do you know where to take profits? Usually what happens is when it ri- will rise a few percent only to fall back on my original stop loss. And I get that. That's a problem. If you look at the trading from the last few months, the stock market has been up and down and up and down and back to up. And that can get you really frustrated because you'll see your gains that you once had quickly go back into the red. So One of the things that that I do is I never take the market for granted. You can never take it for granted. You can never assume that the market will rally forever. And because it won't, you're always going to have a pullback there. You want your trades to run as fast as possible. So I want to lose fast. I don't want to lose slow. I don't want to be stuck in a losing trade for a month, trying to figure out if this thing's going to work in my favor or not. If it's not going to work out, I want to know in a few days. So... Usually, when I t- set my stop loss the tightest, is when I initially get into the trade. As the stock starts to run, there's a couple of things that I'll do to mitigate risk. One, I like to take a little bit off the table as soon as I start getting into some decent profits. If I'm up like 3, 4, 5%, okay, maybe I'll take a third of a position off. And then as it keeps rallying, I'm not going to have as tight of a stop loss as I had before. One, because I've already taken some profits off of the table. Two, I want to give it as much room to run as possible because it's already showing that it wants to break out or bounce off of a support level. And in the process, my stop loss is probably going to be a little bit wider than what you probably would see on my original trades. I mean, sometimes I'll have like a stop loss that might be 6 or 7%. Now, if the market starts falling apart one day and things have turned dramatically dire across the economy or in the market or something else, okay, then maybe I'll start taking some of these profitable trades off altogether. And so sometimes you have to just be able to react to the conditions as you see them. But in theory, what I like to do is is give my winning trades a little bit more wiggle room to run if they're already showing the willingness to run. A lot of times when we're in the trade setups, they're breaking out or they're bouncing initially. It, you don't have the highest probability at that point of it continuing that success. But once it's already continued that success, you have a much higher probability of it continuing to move higher. So... That doesn't mean that there's not going to be pullbacks along the way. There is going to be pullbacks along the way, but the key is to make sure that you can withstand those pullbacks. Let's say it pulls back two or 3% and then pushes back higher. Okay, you want to be able to withstand that. And so, by one, taking a little bit of profit off the table, I already know that I've made a little bit of a profit on the trade. That helps reduce my risk greatly because now I'm only working with two thirds of a position, but it's still sizable. It's still very sizable and you can still make money off of it. But I've already taken a chunk off the table that helps to reduce the risk dramatically while letting the other two-thirds of the position continue to run with maybe a little bit of a wider stop loss. So those are the keys to to trying to help out with making sure that you don't get stopped out prematurely. Now, does that mean that you won't ever get stopped out prematurely? No. You're always going to get times in the stock market where you get a trade and it just Knocks you I've been trading Tesla lately. I swear I cannot get that trade to work for me to save my life. I know a lot of you guys have been holding it for a while, but from a trading standpoint, it's been been very difficult and in the month of October. We're in November right now, but in October, it kind of sucked on me. And uh, where is it at right now? Well, it's it's higher than where I got stopped out at. That doesn't mean that I've lost faith in my stop losses or my approach to trading Absolutely not. I just know that with trading comes times where you're going to get prematurely stopped out and you're going to see it go back up. Because why? Stocks go up or stocks go down after you get stopped out. But what you don't want is to be stopped out of a trade and the stock continues to go down and you become a perpetual bag holder if you don't follow that stop loss that you laid out or don't plan any stop loss up front. So you got to have stop losses. It's what keeps you in the game. It doesn't keep you from losses. It keeps you in the game. If you guys enjoyed this episode... I'd highly encourage you to to go ahead and give it a positive rating, maybe like one of those nice five-star ratings on like Apple, iTunes. That would be really cool. It helps me continue to uh, grow my reach and to uh, continue providing you guys with some great content. I have always appreciated your feedback. You guys mean the world to me. And make sure that you are sending me your emails and your questions just like Boone did in this particular email. I want to hear what you guys have to say. Make sure you're sending me your questions. I will do them. I will, okay? If it becomes too much, I will let you know that I can't get to all of them. Right now, that's not the issue. So keep sending in your emails and I will get to them, all right? And you can do that by sending it to Brian at shareplanner.com, all righty? Thank you guys and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the Share Planner Trading Block where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world,